This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Man, the things I learn on the show. So you remember all those old muffler commercials? Well, I've learned that mufflers are just part of the emission system. So let's see what else you and I can learn from Coach today. I'm going to ask my questions, and you can ask yours well, just about anything. Hello, Coach. Hello. How are you doing today? I am doing great. And, oh, we're with uh, Michelle here, and we're all, everybody's talking about Valentine's Day, getting ready for their Valentine's uh, events. And have you and the missus got anything planned? Yes, we're going to go out Saturday night. My wife has to work on Monday because my my 20th anniversary is Monday. Oh, okay. Valentine today. Excellent. Excellent. I've ordered my Valentine a Valentine, and it's supposed to be delivered today and he'll he's at the house we have had so many packages gone awry and not stealing it's the shippers anyway anyway but uh we've we usually don't do anything for anniversaries or valentines but we've got a little something going on this year all right so i'm blowing my mind so uh the um, the exhaust System, I don't hear these muffler jingles anymore. The muffler system is just, and part is the part of the exhaust, and that's just the tail end component of the emission system. Yeah, if you think about the emission system, the emission system itself is a system that chemically changes the hydrocarbons in the vehicle and the hydrocarbons is unburnt gas or burnt gas okay and so it changes it through a series of different sensors and different components and then what comes out the very back of the uh, tailpipe is called the exhaust. And for the babies in the audience, they don't remember the 70s when there was so much exhaust and so much smog and fog and stuff. So how has the emission system evolved over years? Well, if you really think about it, last week we talked about computers. Well, that check engine light today is made for the emission system, and it controls how much pollution is put in the air by these different sensors. And so when you start talking about the emission system and the exhaust system, you've got a lot of different items in there that work to eliminate smog. So when a person has their vehicle checked over, when they've taken their owner's manual to look to see what their 30000 60000 whatever their checkup, does the mechanic check the emission system? Uh, there's really not a lot to check because it's all computerized. And by being computerized, there's really not a lot to check. The check engine light will come on. And if you think about it, uh, emission systems, it even goes to the spark plugs not working or if you have a vacuum leak or it just goes to all kinds of different things that go to the computer to tell how much emission is coming out. And so it could regulate the fuel and air ratio of the vehicle. So most of the time, if you have an emissions problem, you're going to get that check engine light. Yes. 
So what are, are there other ways you might know you might have an emissions problem, like um, loss of fuel economy or something? Loss of fuel economy and, like I said, that check engine light will flash, and maybe you'll even know that you have, you'll hear noise coming from the exhaust system. What about smells? Smells, you know, a lot of people say that rotten egg smell, you get behind the car. I know that a lot of people smell that smell, and usually that's the catalytic converter. Ooh, and we just, one of our coworkers had to replace the catalytic converter. Didn't get stolen, he just had to get a new one, and that was a costly thing. Well, just think about it. Uh, you know, you just talking about people stealing catalytic converters. Uh, Mississippi is running a bill through the uh, Senate and the House right now talking about if, if somebody sells a catalytic converter, they got to have the VIN number to the vehicle that it came off of because so many catalytic converters are being stolen. Oh, that's excellent because I, we've heard... I don't want to give people ideas on how to steal catalytic converters, but I've, I've heard lots of stories of them getting stolen and that because that, that's expensive. Well, yeah, that's very expensive. But the very last thing, that's the very last part of the emission system. OK, the catalytic converter takes all these gases from the engine. It runs them through this series in the catalytic converter. If you look inside a catalytic converter, it looks like a honeycomb, but it has so many precious metals in there. And that is why they're still in it. So some of the problems, so the first thing is if you've got a check engine light, and even if you think you know what that check engine light is about, you need to keep getting it tested in case there are multiple, you know, in case there's like a secret one. Well, so many people drive around with a uh, check engine light on, and they say, well, when I asked them, they said, well, the check engine light's been on for a while. Well, you should always go back and check it because, like I say, once again, if the check engine light comes on, it's something wrong with the emission system. All right. So, and you, uh, hoses are a thing that could uh, be responsible for emissions problems? Well, we used to have a whole bunch of our emission system used to run off vacuum and they no longer run off vacuum. Most of it now runs off electronics and the hoses used to be that problem, but we don't really have that much problem with hoses anymore. We're talking about emissions, folks. Our email address for your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. One of the other parts of the emission system is the oxygen sensors. Well, you have an oxygen sensor. You have most of them. You have an upstream oxygen sensor and a downstream oxygen sensor. The downstream oxygen sensors, you have two of them usually if you've got two exhausts. And what happens is that it determines how much exhaust is coming out of the vehicle after it's been processed. Now, the upstream oxygen sensors, they are the ones that control the drivability of the car. Uh, maybe the uh, fuel ratio on there. All right. Hey, we got some emails, Coach. Let's go to one of them. How about, uh, this is Judy's. Judy says she has a 2018 Dodge Ram 3500. 3500, that's a big number. And it has an electronic braking system light, and the alert sound dinging comes on and goes off every few minutes. It stays on for a few minutes, sometimes or an hour, or it could be an hour before it comes on. Cruise control will cut it off when it comes on, and it can stay off a minute or stay off an hour. Yikes. That's certainly the definition of intermittent. What uh, what do you suggest for Judy? How can she start to get this problem solved? Well, Judy, on this one here, the first thing is that the cruise control is operated off the body control module. It has a module in there, and every time you engage it, 
it comes on, and then when you hit the brake pedal, it goes off. It could be the switch down on the brake pedal, or it could be in that control module itself. Ooh, first place to start looking, Judy, is the body control module. Let's go ahead and do another one. This is a um, Hyundai Elantra Touring, a 2010. It has an airbag light on, and it has a OB2 and scanner that the Hyundai codes are loaded in, and when she... When Bob tries to scan the airbag module, it reports it can't communicate with the ECU. Uh, are there service companies that say they can repair a damaged ECU? Is that is that something? There are service companies that repair ECUs, but I don't think that is your problem. Your scan tools, uh, it's according what type of scan tool you buy. Uh, they may not be loaded with all the software because they have different ones. More expensive the scan tool, it seems like more software you're going to get. Most um, portable hands, handheld scan tools, all they're going to do is check the ECM or the PCM, and that is the drivability of the vehicle itself, of the engine, not the uh, body control modules or the uh, TCM, stuff like that. So really, you got to, it's according to what type of scan tool you got, because a lot of them will not scan the airbags. So make sure you go to uh, a repair facility that has invested in their uh, facilities with the, the tools and the equipment and the computers that you need. Right. All right. Hey, if you've got a question, send us your emails. It goes to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. Today, we're talking about emissions or whatever you want to talk about. Is your car under recall? we got a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing a doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill, but if you want even more AutoCorrect, find 
find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So here are the recalls for the week. Quite a few Teslas are being recalled for faulty seat belt warnings. And Hyundai and Kia vehicles each are being recalled for engine fires. Uh, Hyundai, the culprit, is the anti-lock brace system module, which could cause a short. Kia, it's the hydraulic electronic control unit, which could cause a short. Owners of both of these specific models are advised to park outside and away from structures until a recall repair is complete. Remember, you can always find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and you just input that VIN number, or you can use their Safer Car app. Ooh, Coach, I was so glad. I have that Safer Car app, and I have all the VIN numbers for all the family members just so I can keep tabs on everybody. But the VIN number is in the app, and so one time I was talking to the insurance person and needed to know the VIN number of a car, and I thought, how am I going to know what the VIN number of the car is? Wait a minute. I've got it on my phone. Got that app. That's yeah. it. So we're talking about the emission system. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Don't forget that email address, auto at mpbonline.org. Calling in first is Mike from Hernando. Mike, we're so glad you've called in today. What's your comment or question? Well, a question point, so to speak. Over many years, I've owned 35 cars and went through the series of cars that had to have catalytic converters on the on the exhaust system. And I just was curious because I now have a 2020 uh, Chevy. Do cars still have catalytic converters, or has the technology advanced past those? They still have catalytic converters on them, and that's why you see a lot of people cutting them off because, once again, that is what filters the uh, gases at the very end before it comes out the exhaust. Yeah, they still use those catalytic converters. Okay. But are they they're smaller now or something? Because I they, looked under my car. I don't see anything. Yeah, some of them are smaller, they're, but they're still doing the same thing. They're just smaller because they got to have some way. What happens is a lot of people don't understand that catalytic converters get real, real hot, and as they get hot, that's how the chemical reaction takes place inside that uh, component. Ah, okay. Well, I'll look up under there again. I just was curious because a friend of mine asked me, and I said, good Lord, I don't remember. I remember back years ago my car had one. Yeah, they still got them. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, Mike, thanks for calling in. Let's go uh, stay in the north and go to Memphis and talk with Christine. Christine, we're so glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's up with you? Hey there. I hope you guys are good. Um, thank you for taking my call. I have a, a light on. I have a 2015 Chevy Equinox. The first time I've had a car note in over 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into paying maintenance stuff, but I have a light that's come on, and it says it's a, like an emissions light, and that it could be that I didn't have the gas cap on good, um, or I needed a new gas, you know, cap. Um, or it could be the gas itself, that maybe that wasn't a good batch and to run it a couple times. So I've done that, and it did go off. Um, I tightened up my gas cap one time, and it went off. And then it came back on a little while later, and I um, 
we, you know, stopped and got some better gas, and then it went off again, and now it's on and it's staying on. Okay, if you think I about... I don't have any problems in driving or anything, but... Yeah, you I probably... You probably not going to have no problem driving because really what that is, your gas tank itself has hoses and they have um, a lot of a sensor on top of that gas tank. And what happens, those hoses on the top of the gas tank get brittle. You know, you said yours was 2015. If it has a very small leak in it, it could be leaking a little bit. And what happens on that... These are some some of these codes is where it's a two cycle code. You cut the key off, it won't be on, but you cut the key on again, it'll come on, and then it has a um, drive time cycle. Really, it's a monitoring system. What it does after you drive a certain amount of miles and you stop and start, it will go off, and then it will come back on once it does that drive cycle again. If that code okay. is still there, okay. okay. And then a lot of times, it, if that code's still there, you're not going to be able to get it off with a scan tool until it is fixed. And it could be many things. There's an EVAMP system that uh, controls fuel as well, and that vapors all. There could be a leak somewhere. It sounds like it's a small leak. Oh. All right. So therein lies the, the real question <laughs> is how much, I mean, do I need to, like, if I get the code and it's, I don't know, like a chip in a module or whatever, and it's three hundred dollars and blah blah. You know, it, it, how imperative is that? Does it depend on the code? I mean, is that when I need to ask the question? Uh, have you already got the code number out of it? No, Has, no, no, no. Well, tell you what, come on, come on next week with the number for me, and I'll see if I can help you with that. Well, I'll be rock and roll. I would appreciate it very much. I will, I will do that. And I have one more quick little question, if you don't mind. It has to do with the key fob thing. Right. Um, my daughter had some long nails, and she poked through the thing that, you know, where I hit to open the door. And so I've just kind of been pinching my finger down inside and, and hitting it to open the door. And I guess whatever was on there has popped off. So I'm going to have to get a new bobby thing. Um, yes, sir. Hang on, is there any hard, fast rule that I need to know before I go out and, and do this? You know, like programming or blah, blah, blah. I mean, should I just go straight to the dealer or? Well, that key fob will have to be reprogrammed. And like I say, the best place to reprogram that is at the dealer because everybody doesn't have that uh, scan tool and that computer to reprogram that key fob. You're going to have to have both your keys that you have in order to uh, reprogram the new key. Both okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's important too. Okay. Well, I really appreciate your help. Thank you. Thank you. Hang on, Christine. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. okay. Hang on, Christine. Coach, okay. could she call uh, a locksmith and see if they have a computer to reprogram that? Well, there are a few locksmiths that have one. I know one in town, A1 uh, locksmith down here in Jackson has one, but you might want to call around. And just to check, because they might be a lot less. Yeah, they than will be cheaper. Than, than the dealership. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, yeah, I'm always, yes. <laughs> All right, so you, you call around and call us back next week, Christine. Thanks. Okay, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Let's go to TJ in, no, KT in Leakesville. KT, we're so glad you've called in today. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie on AutoCorrect? Hey, y'all, I've got a 2010 Chevy Silverado. And uh, it's about 200,000 miles on it, so I'm wondering, is it time to change the time belt or chain or 
I guess I still have one of those in here. Well, it's according to what size engine you have in it, so you can see if you have a timing chain in there, because some vehicles still use a timing chain instead of timing belt. If it was the timing belt, you probably need to change it about, you know, there is a maintenance schedule on about every 100,000 miles, some of them are even 90,000 miles. So you just want to check and see if it has a chain, because if it's not making no noise, you don't usually chain, uh, uh, replace the chain unless something's wrong with it. All right, no worries with that. It's no problem. I've had them go out before on a uh, on a couple of smaller trucks, and that's not something. So I just want to check. Yeah, that's I great. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right, man. We're booking along. Thanks for calling in, folks. Let's go to Bobby in Pontotoc County. Bobby, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Oh, I got a uh, I got a Ford F one fifty twenty twenty one model. And I can only brighten the headlights in day, uh, at night. I can't brighten them in daytime. What's causing that? So you can only really use the switch to, like, you were uh, flashing your lights, right? Well, when I pull it back, but when I push it forward, it's supposed to brighten them permanently, but it won't do that in daytime. It only does it at night. Brighten them. So they come on at night but won't come on in the day. Yeah, they won't, cause they won't brighten in the daytime time but they'll brighten at night hmm, wonder if it has a sensor on there uh there could be a sensor on there that's showing you that those bright lights are on maybe that may it sounds like it may be a computer problem well that's what i was configured i couldn't figure out because when i start to go in my garage in daytime i need to brighten my lights to see in that garage and i can't get them to come on bright but they'll do it at night they don't they'll they, and that thing you was talking about where you can flash them, it works fine. I don't have no trouble with it. That's, re- that's what I usually do to get in the garage. I pull that back until I can get in the garage. But they, they will not brighten in the daytime. They only brighten at night. Okay, on that 2021, uh, on the newer models, they have interfaces that work for those uh, modules, those lighting modules, and you do have a lighting module in that vehicle. So I would check that lighting module. Well, I don't too, I don't know too much about all this stuff. I'll probably have to take it to a garage, but I thought maybe you might have had some explanation for that because I figured, you know, it might be something else doing that. It, does those, uh, does those uh, things have something on them to make them dim automatic when they eat meat in another car with the headlights on? If- well, that's what I'm saying. It may have a sensor on there that detects the light coming towards them because a lot of vehicles do have that now. Uh, it's a 2021. How many miles you got on it? Well, I don't travel very much. I'm I'm old and I just go to church and, and uh, uh, I go to church and uh, I go about 12 miles over. I got I say twenty four miles every week. So grocery store and church and the whole time since I've had it I only put about three miles three thousand miles on it. Well what I would do, I would take that right up to the Ford dealer and let him look at it because it sounds like it's still under warranty. Yeah, it is still under warranty. Yeah, I would I, take it straight I, to him. I thought I thought maybe what I was thinking is maybe that thing at DMC lights. If the sun is shining in daytime, that might be keeping it from working. Is that you think that might be it? That well, it's not going to keep the uh, dimmer switch in your hand from working, but maybe a sensor that's on the back of the mirror or something that's uh, reflecting that light. So what I would do is take it to the dealer, let them look at it since it's under warranty. Thank
Thanks, Bobby. We appreciate you calling in, and good luck with that. Real quick, let's go to Sean in Olive Branch. Sean, we're so glad you've called in today. What's your comment or question? How are you doing? Good morning. I have a question about warming your carpet in the morning time. I have a 2,800 Civic, and normally I warm my car like five or ten minutes. I'm like, how long should you let your car warm up in the winter time? Much is according to how much heat you want coming out of it uh, in the winter time. It's not uh, really to, in today's cars. You shouldn't have to warm them up at all. It's just really for more for your convenience. You, oh, okay. you should sorry. be able to get in the vehicle, crank it up, and go. Okay, thank you. I have another question. Um, something when I'm driving my car, sometimes like if I'm like driving fast, and it doesn't happen all the time, but it sounds like something like like if like wind is blowing, my car making sounds. Like shaking, it's just like it's like wind is blowing my car, but it's not blowing out. It's not wind outside. Uh, do you have a? Uh, you say when you're going fast. Do you have? Uh, you know, being in 2008, it could be wind coming past your uh, your door molding, stuff like that, or your window molding. So that's probably where that's coming from. Okay, like something's wrong with my car. Well, no, really nothing's wrong with your car. What you just need to do is make sure those doors are closed all the way and make sure that the wind is uh, rolled up all the way because sometimes you can hear that wind coming through different parts of the car door. Okay. Okay, thank you. You have a nice, have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, I have a 2008 van, and the, even though the van door's closed and it's locked, that rubber sometimes right. is a little bit loose, and it sounds like rushing through. Right. got the wind going through. Our email address where you can send Coach Charlie a question, it's auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about emissions, but that is just between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. It's an expensive cycle. Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Thank 
thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Mountain, retired from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill, and we hope you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. We also hope when you're on that app, you can click the support button and make a contribution. Hey, gang, did you all hear about the latest uh, vehicle we had donated? It was a jet ski. Somebody from the coast uh, donated a jet ski to MPB. We've had riding lawnmowers. We've had cars and trucks. I don't know that we've had an airplane, but uh, if it's if it's got a motor, I think uh, we'll take it as a donation, and that help raises funds for your public broadcasting station. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, a new bill has been introduced into the U.S. Senate. The bill would ensure consumers can get their vehicles, electronic devices, and farm equipment serviced by independent outlets and owners, according to Reuters. Uh, right to repair. That, that's, that's the phrase, right to repair. Taking some of it off the manufacturer. Right, right. Because uh, especially, you know, some of these farmers with their equipment, you know, they that's how they make their money. And they need their, if it, something goes wrong, they need it fixed right then. And if they have a thingamabob, well now, you've talked about how complicated a lot of equipment is now. So you might not be able to repair it yourself, but... Well, some of the manufacturers make it where you have to bring it back to them, and what this law says that they're going to get out some more information so the independent can fix them. All right. We're talking about uh, the mission system, but that's just between your questions. We're taking some email call questions from our address, auto at mpbonline.org. All right, and we've got a full bank of calls, so let's just start them out. Where do we go to the top? In Alabama, it's Wayne. Wayne, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. And Coach Charlie, what's your comment or question? My comment or my question is I drive a 2000 Buick LeSabre with a 38-liter engine and a 3.8-liter engine in a Series 2. And I've got the... 454,000 miles on it now. And about two years ago, my uh, service engine light came on. I went to the shop. They did a diagnostic on it. They said that my EGR was bad. Well, since that time, I've had more EGRs done on it than I care to think about. And I've changed more EGRs than I care to think about, but that light is still on. Any ideas, Coach? Yeah, on the EGR, you have an EGR valve itself, you have an EGR solenoid itself, and then you have a DPLP uh, sensor on there. But what is most likely is the problem is, is that EGR, since you put new ones on there, it's probably going to have a code called insignificant airflow of the EGR system. And what happens, those hoses, since you've got 454,000 miles on it, those plastic hoses and the intake manifold get stopped up with carbon, and that will make that code come on every time. If you get that cleaned out and those hoses cleaned out, that light will go off. What? 
Could you tell me where are the holes located in relation to the EGR? Okay, the EGR connects to the manifold itself. You have a pipe coming from the exhaust system. That pipe there uh, needs to be cleaned and as it goes into the intake. Because what happens is that the EGR, people don't really know how it works, but what it does, it takes exhaust gases and it puts them back into the car to cool the engine. And then as it cools the engine, it produces, it prevents this gas called NOx, and then it starts all over. But all this time, if you're putting burnt gases back into the vehicle, it's, it's uh, making carbon. Wayne, oh, well, we we lost Wayne. Okay, Uh, check those hoses. There you go. Let's now go down to, oh, up to North Mississippi and talk to Danny. Danny, we are so glad that you have called in to AutoCorrect today to talk to Coach Charlie. What's up with you? I got a 2003 Toyota Tacoma picked up. When you crank it, it runs rough for 5 to 15 seconds and then runs smooth. And it does that any time it's been setting for more than an hour. Does it have a check engine light on the system at all? Uh, no, sir. No check engine light? Well, either it sounds like to me is that a lot of those vehicles there, that one still has a little vacuum in there. And that system, uh, maybe it's picking up vacuum and running rough until it leans out. Because what it's doing, it sounds like it's running rich, and then it leans out. That means that it doesn't get as much fuel, and then it smooths out. Okay. What would cause it to get too much fuel? Uh, there, they, You could have an injector leaking. You could have uh, leaking on top of the cylinder. There could be many things that's causing. But what I would do is check my hoses. My uh, There is a chart right there, a placard right there under your hood that shows you where all those yep. vacuum lines are. And I would check that because if just say if the fuel um, regulator is leaking, you're going to get that, and that runs off vacuum off that vehicle. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Yes, sir. How do you check if a hose has a leak in it? Do you? Well, a lot of times you if, you, if you hear vacuum line, you'll always hear a, pss, a hissing sound anytime there's a vacuum leak in the car. Ooh. You'll be able to hear it. And All then right. you always look for small cracks in the hoses. And, you know, it doesn't take much because vacuum pulls in. So it'll get that air in there. Do they? Oh, so that might be pulling in. Right. Because I was thinking with the tire, you know, they rub that bubble stuff, soap right. on it soap to make on, a bubble to come it's out. Coming out but if it's going in. Yeah, that's a vacuum sucking air. Oh, all right. Things we learn. Let's go to Memphis and talk with Gary. Gary, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's up with you? Hey, good morning. Uh, I have a question about a Toyota. I think it's around a 2004 Toyota, and it's been um, it's out of town, and I'm trying to go get it, and it's been sitting for about uh, 14 months. What are the kind of things that I need to do to get that uh, uh, to, to basically get it going again? It was running pretty good uh, when I parked it, uh, but it's been in there. In there. So it's been sitting there. Well, the first thing I'll do is try to get it somewhere and drain all that fuel out of that gas tank because it's been in there for a year and a half and they could be have bad gas in there and you don't want that to go back through your injectors because it'll clog them up as well if there's any uh, bad carbon or that gas is turned turn bad. 
So don't don't try to start at all. I wouldn't try to start it until I got that gas out of it. Anything sitting up for a year and a half, a year, year and a half, that gas will go bad in the tank because you know that's uh, ethanol gas. So what, what what kind of place would I take it to for that? I mean, if I take it in the shop and tell them I need to drain it or what? Yeah, just tell them it's been setting up for a while and just tell them that you'd like the gas trained out of it, you know, and then put new gas and it should be good to go. Okay. Well, what about those uh, gas stabilizers and those kind of things? Those are the kind of things I guess I should have done ahead of time. Yeah, those things you put in there before, yeah. If you would put that in there before, it would have been okay. But since it's been sitting up, you know, all the condensation from the water has got in and out, got in there. What about a site? What about siphoning it out? Would uh, that, you're, could not, you do, you're not going to get it all out of the tank. No. Uh, you just have to have it drained. On some on some uh, fuel tanks, they do have a drain plug on the bottom of it. But if you wanted to do it yourself, you could uh, disconnect the high, uh, the line from the fuel filter, cut the key on. It'll it'll get it out that way. Oh, they they. Uh, they Right. Yes, sir. Good luck, Gary. Let's go to the capital city of Jackson and talk with Mary Ann. Mary Ann, we're so glad you're called into autocorrect today. What's your comment or question? I have a 2015 Lexus 350E. And when I first start out, and it seems to happen more when I turn the wheel, I hear a noise. It sounds like wah, wah. And also, during during the driving later on, I'll hear this wah, wah. Is I can't imagine what it is. Could a belt be slipping or something? Is it when you turn, or is it just when it's straight? Mostly when I turn. Okay, I would check the power steering on that because it usually makes that yink, yink noise. So I would go ahead and check the power steering on that. And it could just be a little lower power steering and put some power steering in it. And then most likely you got a leak in that system. Is that a, do I take it to the dealer? I need to take it for an oil change anyway and tell them to check for a leak. Yeah, just tell them that you think your power steering is making noise and they'll check your power steering fluid and all. And if it's low, I'm sure you have a leak in it somewhere because what happens, the power steering starts whining when you turn it to the left or right. You usually don't make the noise when you're going straight, but when you're making a turn, it really makes it pretty loud. Okay, and is that a major repair to... uh, repair wherever that leak is? Uh, most likely it's just going to be a pressure hose. It's usually a high pressure hose on there. So it, it shouldn't be too much, but I couldn't tell you how much they're going to charge you. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thank you, Marianne. We're glad that you've called in. We're discussing vehicle emissions and taking your repair questions. Don't forget to send us that email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review coming up from Casey Williams. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. The BMW we're driving this week has the elegance of a coupe and the practicality of the sedan. It's the M440i Grand Coupe. From the outside, really sleek roof line and aggressive ground effects. So it has the M trim package. It's got the big aggressive grille, the lower front fascia, 19-inch alloy wheels, and red brake calipers. Looks really cool. On the inside, it's all BMW luxury. The seats, really comfortable, heated. They're manually adjustable, but they do work really well. Heated steering wheel, the touchscreen infotainment system, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and of course, all the crash avoidance systems. Underneath the hood, it's a turbocharged inline six cylinder engine delivering 382 horsepower to zero to 60 in 4.4 seconds. And you see got 22 miles per gallon in the city, 29 on the highway. And if snow and ice comes, there's all wheel drive too. So the price is up there, but expected for a car like this. Grand Coupe starts right at $45,000. This one is equipped $67,520. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. is autocorrect if you've missed any of our program you can listen to the whole show on our website autocorrect.mpbonline.org autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 a.m stay tuned after the show today at 11 a.m it's southern remedy kids and teens with dr morgan mcleod I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. And now it's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. I was thinking about a Tip of the Week. Uh, think about this. If you want a clean sweep for your windshields, make sure that your windshield wipers are good at working order. And make sure you check the ones in the rear of the vehicle as well, because so many people look at the front windshield wipers and they don't look at the rear. So just make sure they're all in good working order, the rubber and all is working fine and it's for a clean sweep. And you should uh, take a cloth with wiper fluid or water or something to kind of rub on there? clean them off, yeah, because what they do, they oxidize from the sun and all and the weather, and they don't work very well. Take that. Now that it's getting in the warm temperatures while you're pumping your gas, go ahead and just uh, clean off those windshield wipers. Clean off those windshield wipers. Let's go to Tupelo and talk to Ken. Ken, we are so glad you've called in. What's your comment or question? Hey, thanks. Um, I have a 2011 Lexus GS350. 
Oh, oh, oops, oops. Ken, call right back. Uh, we're sorry about that, Ken. Uh, let's go to uh, Margo in Ocean Springs. Margo, what's your comment or question for Coach on Autos? Correct. Uh, hi. Um, so, uh, just real quick, uh, I have a 2007 uh, Nissan Frontier pickup, and um, for a while now, I've had a, a engine light that comes on sometimes. Sometimes it goes off. I did have it looked at, except the code. Um, they said it's something, maybe the catalytic converter, or maybe just a bad sensor. I guess my question is, um, what's the chances of it being a sensor over the catalytic converter? Um, is it is it common for those sensors to go bad, or is it really a catalytic converter? Did the vehicle start? Did the vehicle start running rough or anything? Or no, it runs it runs fine. I, I watch the RPMs to make sure, like if there's a blockage or something, but the RPMs are the same as it always always is. Um, but no, it's not running any rougher. Okay, so really, like I say, you have uh, sensors on the rear of the catalytic converter that can determines how much uh, oxygen is coming out of the exhaust system, and that really just works with the catalytic converter. It does nothing to the engine. The one going into the catalytic converter is the one that determines how much uh, oxygen is coming out of the engine itself. So that is the one that controls the engine. But if that catalytic converter does get stopped up, you will have a drivability problem because the exhaust can't get out of it. Okay, so so you're thinking it's a sensor and not the catalytic converter since it's not running rough? It could be if you have a just lazy, you could have a lazy oxygen sensor, and what that does, it works sometimes, it doesn't work. As, that's what I would start with being a 2007. I would go ahead and change those oxygen sensors in there because that may just be your problem. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you, Margo. Let's take a couple of emails. Let's go to Daniel, who had a trip computer on his car stopped working. The controls on the steering wheel also don't work, and the airbag light stays on. Is this an electrical system problem? It sounds like to me that it could be a clock spring, and that is in the steering wheel itself. And it, it matter of fact, it deals with the cruise. It deals with the airbag. So it deals with several different things in that vehicle. So I would have the clock spring checked on it, and then I would go to the computer system. But uh, And the first thing I would really check is see if there's a fuse that is a common fuse that operates all of that. And if there's a common fuse, I'd change that fuse first. All right. Real quick, another email. Let's go to Joe, who has a tire problem. He had a slow leak on a tire from a nail. He used a repair kit to plug the leak after removing the nail. The kit had a piece of sticky cord and rubber cement. About a year later, the tire is not losing pressure. I've seen other types of repair kits. Is one better than the other? Are these do-it-yourself tire repair kits safe? Well, no longer does a tire manufacturer uh, suggest that you plug a tire, and that's what you call plugging a tire. They uh, want you to take the tire, break it down, put a patch on the inside of it uh, to make sure that the tire will not leak. But what you put in there, you did put a plug in there, and if it's not leaking now, I wouldn't worry about it. But if it starts to leak, most likely it's going to leak around the plug. So are there uh, are the... Is it better to go to a repair place where they put a patch on the inside, or is there any kind of do-it-yourself patch on the inside kits? Uh, you wouldn't, couldn't do it yourself unless you were able to tear that, break that tire down and balance it again. <laughs> but if you want to do it correctly, take it to a tire store, let them patch it on the inside, and don't use a plug. All right. Let's real quick go to Diane. Diane, we're glad you've called in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? 
Well, I have a 2009 Chrysler. It's a 300S with a V8 engine. And after I first got it, I noticed my horn. When I would blow it, it would, uh, it, it did blow, and then it quit blowing. And then it started blowing again. And then, uh, not long ago, the horn fell on me. And, um, uh, I was afraid to fool with it anymore. And then also on my dashboard, when I have it on automatic, I noticed the dashboard it would be a bright light and then the light would go out and five minutes later the light would come back and then a few minutes later it would go out again so i'm just wondering if that you know what's my problem well, I can tell you about the horn. Uh, the horn is probably the horn relay sticking on you, where it would work sometimes. It wouldn't work. So what I would do is get somebody to look in the uh, fuse panel and look at the horn relay and go ahead and replace that horn relay since it's a 2009. It may have some kind of corrosion on the pins, and I'd go ahead and replace that. That's the easiest thing on that one. And then on the light that's coming on the dash, it's... It's really according if it's a uh, one of these automatic light systems where it comes on and off to uh, brighten or dim the dash lights, but it's hard for me to tell you on that one because it's so intermittent. All right, that's what I thought. Uh, maybe that was just a, being automatic. It would go, you know. It was kind of a gloomy day, and maybe that was the reason it was so. Right, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Okay. I just thought it was some little problem, and I had talked to them at the dealership, and of course they want like a hundred dollars. They have to, even though you tell them what's wrong with it, to put it on the machine. Well, usually they apply that to your cost. So good good luck with that, yes, Diane. Good luck. Hey, Coach, real quick, uh, we were talking about the catalytic converters in Mississippi versus other states. Real quick, what do we need to know? Well, really, uh, right now, Mississippi doesn't have a law, emissions law, so people can cut their mufflers off, I mean, their catalytic converters off, and straight pipe them, but what it, it's still illegal to do that. Uh, a lot of uh, young people are cutting those catalytic converters off and just putting, uh, leaving it straight where your check engine lights zone but if you're going to another state you're going to have a mission test and you won't be able to drive that vehicle till it gets fixed so watch out folks that's going to wrap us up for autocorrect thanks for calling in folks jay white loved to take your calls and michelle mcadoo has been a great board engineer so for coach charlie melton master technician i'm liz gill thank you for listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.